So today's daf is Zayin in Sukkah. We are a little bit ahead, which is good. We are on Zayin Amud Bet. We are 10 lines down from the top. That if the, if the amount of sun is greater than the amount of shade, meaning the schach is not the majority uh, functional, you could say. So that's not good. When we talk about sun coming through, we're not talking about sunlight coming through the walls. We're talking about sunlight coming through the the top. So even if you had, let's say, the walls were made of something that's either transparent, it could be, or, or, but I don't know if they had anything like that. Maybe they could have glass or something like that. Yeah, right. Or if you had something where there's spaces, like we talked about, you can sometimes make the wall of the sukkah with like, Spikes or whatever that have spaces so that sun gets through. That's not a problem for the sukkah. Rabbi Yoshia says, no, according to him, even if the light comes through the walls, that's, that's a problem. You have to have actually a uh, protection from the sunlight, even from the walls, according to him. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Yoshia? Because it says that you should cover the Aaron with the parochet. Now we know parochet mechitza. It says that the, when it talks about the parochet is a curtain that's in front of the Kodesh Kodeshim and it calls it covering. So you see that even what's on the side is called the covering. So just like the schach on top of the sukkah is called the covering, so so do the walls have to cover and protect you. Like if you were in a sukkah that had like, it was transparent and the sun is beating through and it's, you know, it's going to also, also going to affect you. Yeah, so he says, that that's why according to Rabbi Yoshia, Alma Mechitza Kesrach that shows you that that the walls also uh, are like a type of a, uh, a covering, and therefore they have to protect you from sunlight as well. No, it's not saying that. It's not saying that a parochet, that a wall is considered tzach. The word tzachach, um it always refers to something on top of you. But what it's telling you about the parochet is that it didn't hang directly down, but it actually was bent over on top. So it did make a little bit of a covering. It did have a little bit of a roof, so to speak, that it created. But really only what is horizontal is ever called schach, not what is vertical. And that's <clears throat> in the Beit HaMikdash. So, so it's... It doesn't, what's the difference? Well, I mean, it has to be, it has to be talking about the Mishka because Beth Mikdash had a wooden one. It says the parochet is a curtain that hangs down. When the Torah describes it as covering the Aron, even though it's not really over it. Normally covering is over. It says it's covering, even though it's not, it's in front of it. So they're saying, well, because it curves around a little bit like this on top, when you hang a curtain, it's not straight down, but it curves over a little bit on top. That's why it's called the covering, even though really it's just a wall. Okay. Yeah. What? I'm not. Uh, the word parochet? I don't know. Sometimes nouns, they don't have a shorash. It doesn't. Yeah, but not, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, opinions that Fanot have to be made with something kosher for Schach, and based on that, he would not agree to have different poles. Uh, but that's not the halacha, of course. Right. Now, um. Uh, all of these rabbis They all say that you have to have a permanent structure for the sukkah Now we say you can have You can have a temporary structure But all of these rabbis are the, of the opinion that you need a permanent structure Okay, now we're going to learn for each of them Where do we get the idea that Rabbi says that the, that the dwelling space In other words the sukkah 
Chukah. Not the Tzchach. The Tzchach obviously is of a temporary nature. But how do we know that the structure has to be of a permanent nature according to Rabbi? Because it says that any Sukkah that is not four by four amot is pasul. And, and four by four amot is a measurement of something which could be like a longer term kind of room, not something which is so small that you could only be there for a very, very short period of time. That's a type of permanence. Rabbi Yoshia had the Amaran, Rabbi Yoshia, what we've already said, what we said above, that uh, according to him, it has to be something that the walls also provide protection. And if you had, if you were living in a, in, in a structure that the walls didn't provide protection, that wouldn't be a long-term arrangement. Even if the roof provides protection, but the walls are like open or they're letting the sunlight in, that wouldn't be permanent. So you see from that that he holds that it has to have a, like a certain type of a permanence. Rabbi Chachamim say that a sukkah that is more than 20 amot is pasul, but Rabbi Yudah machshir, Rabbi Yudah allows it. He says it's kasher. Of course, you could argue that Rabbi Yudah says it's kasher, but he doesn't require that it has to be so high, right? But we said before that, in, that the, the, the issue over there, one of the interpretations of the machloka between Rabbi Yudan and the Chachamim was whether a dirat keva is allowed, whether a permanent type structure is allowed. And such a tall structure is a permanent type structure if it's going to be stable, right? So you don't see from that that he requires necessarily a permanent structure, but you see from that that he at least allows it, right? I don't think it's so clear that he requires it because you could have a lower one too. For Rabbi Shimon, Detani Rabbi Shimon, Betkil, Chatanu, Vigimofilu, the rabbis say that you need two walls plus a tefach. And we saw yesterday that Rabbi Shimon says three plus a tefach. Now that they're interpreting to mean, what's the reason? Because you need a, a fuller enclosure. It has to be something that could re, be a more reasonable for long-term dwelling. And a two-wall and a, and a tefach structure is not something you're going to live in for a long term. It wouldn't be realistic for a long term. And Rabban Gamliel, Tanya says, If a person makes their sukkah either on a wagon or on a boat, at a traveling sukkah, Rabban Gamliel, don't tell the Chabad about that. Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel would say it's not good. Rabbi Akiva, Machshir, Rabbi Akiva says it's okay. Now again, we're saying the reason why is because since it moves around, it's not, a, it's not a, in a fixed place. It's not called Dirat Keva. It's not called a fixed Kind of a dwelling, and therefore Rabban Gamliel will not allow it. And Beit Shammai did not. Mishayar Roshov Ubav Basuka Veshulchanov Tochabayit Beit Shammai Posinu Beit Tzidel Machshirim. We know that if a person is sitting in the sukkah, or if the sukkah doesn't, and he has the table outside the sukkah, or if the sukkah doesn't allow, it's not large enough to have the, the shulchan inside. So Beit Shammai says that it's pasul. The point is that if it's not big enough to hold even a table, obviously it's not a long term kind of a dwelling. So according to they're saying all of these halachot. These stringent halachot are based on the idea that it has to be, that the sukkah has to be something which would be capable of a long-term dwelling. Not the roof, because we know that the roof is something which is only of a temporary material, but that the structure has to be such, either in terms of its size, in terms of the number of walls, in terms of the height, or so on, that it would be a long-term kind of arrangement. No, on which? On that, yeah, but we said... So, on what? No, it's not halacha. That's Rabbi Gamliel says that. We're talking about rabbis that have stringency, but we don't hold that. Now it says, um, uh, where was it? Oh, Rabbi Eliezer says, this not how it says, tzarif. If a person makes a sukkah, like tzarif means like, or he, he leans it against the wall. So that, what, what it means is that basically what the person does is they make it like a, um, like a, uh, yeah, like a teepee. 
You know, like it's shaped like teepee, so it doesn't have clear walls. It would be like, let's say you made the whole thing out of straw that was good for schach. You just made like a, like an igloo, it looks like. Like a teepee, like igloo, it was made out of straw. So it's all kasher, but there's no clear definition of walls and roof. Or when it says that he, means that he took schach and he leaned pieces of schach against the wall. Right? Diagonally. So actually there is schach. And, there's, and he's surrounded by it, let's say, on different sides, but there's no distinction between walls and roof because he leaned against wall. So in all of those cases, so he would say that it's not acceptable because, because uh, uh, he said, it says that the Rabbi Eliezer posted, so there you have Rabbi Eliezer says it's no good because it has no distinct roof because the roof and the walls are the same thing and the, and the Chachamim say it is going to be okay. Now again, there, the, the, the Gemara is tying all of these halachot to the idea of a more basic general dispute, which the Gemara will not always do. Sometimes the Gemara will look at each dispute or each issue separately. But the, what, what Abaye is pointing out is that there's a theme to all of these opinions, the stringent opinions, that all of the stringent opinions in these different disagreements are on the side of uh, looking at the structure of the sukkah, that it has to be something that could be more lasting, even though the roof is not, but the structure has to be. So something like that, leaning something against the wall, sleeping under it, or si- or eating under it, that's not going to be like a long-term type of an arrangement. It wouldn't be possible. Um, such a tiny place wouldn't be possible. You know, so all of these things are being invalidated. You could look at it that oh, each one of the cases has a reason, but Abaye is saying the underlying theme of all of them is that these are not long-term viable living arrangements and the sukkah should be different according to the according to the opinion that you need dirat keva that you need a fixed more permanent kind of a dwelling the difference between the sukkah and a regular dwelling should mainly just be the roof everything else about it should be something that could have been a long-term living arrangement and that's why they have all these stringencies and again we have um right achirim is rabbi meir achirim omrim sukkah suyah keshovach shovach is a um, is a dove code. It's a place where the where the birds live, right? So he says that is pasul la zaviot. So he's talking about like it's a cylindrical shape, okay? Type of a uh, sukkah. So again, it doesn't have zaviot. It doesn't have corners. Now, why do you have to have corners? So it, the point is not because there's something like a rule. They have to have corners in the sukkah. But saying it's not a normal structure where a person would live in that for long term because it does like rooms have uh, angular structure. Unless right? right? Yeah. Well, that we had that before. Tzarif. Kamin Tzarif is like uh, Eskimo. In other words, that's where the where the entire thing is looks like a teepee or looks like almost like an igloo, right? Yeah, I'm same, I'm same, same concept though, same concept that it's one material that just comes from down and comes around. So that, right? So in, in this, you know, if you look, it's interesting and I'm sure there must be some deeper reason for it, but like basically rooms are angular always, right? You know, maybe it has to do with, you know, with space, with, with maximizing space, whatever it is. But, but rooms are, are angular. I think the reason is because geometrically there's more area. When, when you do it that way, that's why people do it. But the point is that generally speaking, uh, except for like some artistic, you know, kind of a structure that's circular on purpose to make some kind of a statement. Yeah, yeah. So that, but otherwise, generally speaking, ang- you know, having angles and having corners is part of a long-term structure. So if you're looking, in other words, Diyat Keva means that the sukkah has to be a conventional kind of a structure in every way except for the schach. 
But we don't hold that you need a dirat keva. But the point is that Abaye is listing all of these rabbis that you know what, what the, he's saying. They have different opinions. One talks about a, making a, a sukkah that's leaning against the wall. And one talks about a sukkah that's a certain height. And one talks about a sukkah that you have to fit your table. And one, they're all talking about different things. So you would think that they're different issues. But actually, they all boil down to one thing, which is we, the sukkah should be, in, you know, in terms of its structure, Something which looks like a conventional structure, not something which looks um, like something which is a, a throwaway structure that you're only going to use for, for a moment. Now, it happens to be the halakha is that it could be a throwaway structure. It doesn't have to be like that. But it looks like it or it has to be. It has to have certain features. He's saying all these features oh, that they're insisting that on. Right. No, but he's saying all of these features that they're identifying are features that would make it seem like, oh, well, that's obviously not a real home because it's a cylinder. Well, that's not obviously a real home because it's just leaning against the wall, right? So, they, so the Chachamim are just looking at the practicality. Right now, are you under Schach? Okay, are you covered under two sides? Okay, so then what difference does it make? The, the other rabbis say, no, 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 it has to look, look like a real thing, right? That's, that's the Machlok of the same. Not yet. This is about walls. We have, things come in order, one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. So, um, so Amar Biochan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Sukkah asuya ke kivshan. Kivshan is a circle. Okay, the, the, uh, the ovens of those days is a circle. So he says, this kind of a, yes, this kind of a, an oven, um, it, he says that, that, that um, and again, Rashi explains this. This is not like what we. Pre- the, he obviously doesn't agree with the cylinder. The problem of having a cylinder shape, right? He doesn't agree that you can't have a cylinder shape. He says, "If the circumference of this circle, twenty-four people could sit around it, that's large enough. If not, then it's no good." So then the question is, where's the circumference? What? Meaning they sit around in a circle, 24 people, that would mean, and they sit around and they create an actual circle. So that means that they have to be spread out enough that they're actually creating a circle. So at the point where this 24 people would sit around in a circle and they would create a circle shape, that's the size that you need for a sukkah. Well, give it some time. You guys, the patience level, you know, you have to learn to be patient, right? Right, so it'll get to that. You're getting, it's getting me ready for Israel, where they start honking before the light turns green. You know, they start to honk. It's like, wait, what is it? It's not even green. Just to make sure that you know it's going to turn green. Well, that's it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know. That's I'm not driving. I'm not getting a car. <laughs> yeah. So now it says, okay. So, this, this is according to Rabbi, obviously, because why would you need such a big circle that 24 people could sit around it? Normally, you need only seven tfachim by seven tfachim. Well, why do you need uh, 24 people? That's very big. And so, says, no, it's according to Rabbi, because according to Rabbi, we learn that it has to be four by four amot, which is 16 square amot, which is, you know, like, uh, uh, basically, you, you know, you do 1.5, so it's like 24 uh, feet or whatever, right? So the point is that it, according to Rabbi, it has to be four by four amot. So four by four amot, you would have a circle of 24 people. Of course, the Gemara is going to say, you're still too big, right? It says, if a person takes up about an ama of, of, of space when they sit. Okay, I didn't do an experiment in this, but that's what it says. Right, so, and we know the rule, the Talmudic geometry rule, which is not Euclidean uh, rule, it's a little bit off. Instead of using, they use the number three as the, uh, as the ratio, yeah, for pi. They use three as a round number. They didn't have decimal numbers. In fact, the Greeks really didn't like 
Um, even though we use the Greek letter of pi to signify the number, you know, the relationship between the circumference and the diameter of the circle, the, um, the Greeks really didn't like the number pi because it was an irrational number and it's, uh, they didn't like that. They liked everything to be perfect, fraction and all that. In any case, the Chachamim went by three as the rule of thumb for, for uh, yeah, for the approximation. It's close enough, you know? So they, they, and they used the whole number of three. So therefore, they always said, and the Hekef, the, the, the circumference, for, for th- you get a, uh, for three tfachim around the circumference, you get one tefach across the diameter, right? That's, that's the, that's the rule of thumb. It's a one, three to one ratio. So therefore, you should really be able to have only 12. Because what do you need, according to Rebbe? You need four amot. So if you, and each person takes up an amas. So you need four amot, meaning from, le- from across, the diameter has to be four amot. So that means that you need 12 amot around, because it's, it's a three to one ratio. So there should be, and if a person takes up one so 12 people around should be enough to create four amot across. And that's all you need. What's the problem? So Gemara says, no, that's only true for a circle. But when it comes to, when you're making a square, it has to be more. Now look at the first di- diagram there. That's what it's talking about first, where the circle is inscribed in the square. Okay. So it, now you see that there's a little bit of extra space in those corners over there, right? Okay. Right, so now it's like that, so it says, if you want to fit a circle that has the diameter of four amot into a square, you have to make a square around it, so then it says, you're going to need another quarter, meaning to say, you're going to have to, if you want to put um, a four diameter across circle inside the, um, inside the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the square like that. So then it's going to be larger. You're going to need the shitsalsagi. You're going to need 16 people. 16. In other words, if you want to create, what the Gemara is saying is, really what we're going by is the square that's outside the circle that has, the, that has a four, four amma diameter. So that's what you need. So then in order to figure out what the, what, how many people that's going to take, right? So it's saying you're going to have to increase up to 16. Now Rashi says, what does that mean? It says that, um, he says, he says, If you have an ama that you want to make a circle, you can use a string of just three amot. But he says, He always uses the, uh, the physical uh, measurement. But the idea is that if you need to, inc- you're going to need to include even more, Right, so even though it's true that the circle itself would only require the 12 people around, but if you're now going to include that square around, now you're going to need 16. You're going to need 16 people sitting around to make a circle in between them, meaning if you have 16 people sitting around that square, so now the circle that would create that diameter would have the, the, the correct measurement. That's what he means. But still, the Gemara is going to ask, So that's still not 24, though, because what he said, you need 24. So where's it getting 24? We understand 16. You would need 16 people around that square so that the circle in between has four amot across. Okay. But, right. But where, but where do we get the idea of 24? Right? So, that's when you inscribe the circle inside the square. What we're talking about is different. We're talking about a square of four by four amot. Okay? The second diagram there. A square of four by four amot, which around, and meaning that square 
has the dimensions of the four by four amot that we're talking about. So the square that is above that has the circle inside, yeah. right? That square, instead of having the circle inside it, we're talking about a circle that would go around it. And since the circle needs to go around it, it's going to have to be bigger because see how it has to get around the corners, okay. right? Instead of a circle that cuts the corners out, we're talking about a circle that's going to include the corners. And if you include the corners, what are you going to have? Say, kol amta amta So now we go back to geometry because every amma going across is going to be one and two-fifths amma in diag- diagonal. Now what really, it's a little, it's, it's actually the square root of two, right? It's really the square foot of square root of two, but they didn't, again, they didn't have numbers like that; those you know, irrational numbers or whatever. So therefore, they used one and two fifths amma for every for every amma for every amma that goes across the diagonal. They're saying one and two fifths, right? So if if that's true, so then what's going to happen? So it says, if that's true, then what do you have? Bishivsar nechei so really then what you're going to have is you're, you're going to... Now that means that the diagonal, right? The diagonal is now the, um, is the diameter of the circle, right? Because if you inscribe the square in that circle, so now the diagonal of the square is the same as the diameter of the circle, right? So you don't get 24. What? Yeah, you're still not going to get 24. You're going to get to, according to this, you're going to get to 16 and 4 fifths. Okay, yeah, 16 and 4 fifths. So, right, because, right, it's just under 17, but definitely not 24, right? So going around that circle, in order to create that circle, if you follow this rule of translating the four amot across, it, it, the, the diagonal now of the, the diameter of the circle is going to be one and two-fifths times for every one amad, it's going to be one and two-fifths. So you're going to end up, with, and, and then you have to, of course, multiply it by three in order to get the, in order to get the uh, circle itself. It's going to come out to 16 and four-fifths amad, but that, which we could say is 17 people, let's say, if we want to round it up. We're not going to be able to cut out, make a four-fifths of a person, right? At least only, only in American law, they can create a three-fifths uh, person, right? In, uh, in, 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 in reality, what happened? So what does that mean? So it says, so therefore what? So Lodak, he wasn't exact. He said, what do you mean Lodak? If he told me 17 or 18, I could accept that it's Lodak. He wasn't exact. But you're telling me 24 Lodak. He wasn't exact. Instead of saying 16 and 4 fifths, you said 24. It's not, it's not not being exact. That's just being wrong. That's way more. Right? It's, almost, it's almost 50% higher. It's almost 50% higher. So it says, Amar lei mor kashishavayt rav chizda ravashi mor kashishah the son of rav chizda says ravashi misavad gavah be'amta yativ. Your premise is off because you're assuming this whole time that a person takes up one amav space, and therefore you're assuming that if there were 24 people around the, on the around the perimeter of the circle, that means that there are set, that there are 24 amot. But that's not going to be correct. As we said it should only be around 17 amot, a little bit less than 17 amot, even according to this last construction that we made. So therefore it says no, but that's not true. But really, actually, tlatagavoy betalte amta yativ. Really what, hap- what works is that two people take up three amot, meaning 1.5 amot per person. Yeah, these people were thin, right? So, uh, yeah, so three, so he says, these, so two, pe- yeah, two people take up three amot, meaning 1.5 amot each. So therefore, if you have 24 people around the, around the perimeter, so instead of saying that that's going to be, uh, right, so, right, you each person says, no, it says a person 
It says, Tzlata Gavrei Bitartemta. Three, take up two. So three per two. Right? Isn't that what it means? Three people per two. Yeah. So, Kamavulehu, Shitzar. So, right. So, it says, that's going to come out to 16 then. Because we're saying, we're going to reduce it then. Right? We're going to say that the 24 people actually are only going to take up 16 amot. Because each per each, every two people, every three people take up two amot. So therefore that means that you're going to have, um, if you have 24 people, so you're going to have, uh, for every uh, three people, so you're going to have 16 amot, right? Because you're going to say that... They may, who knows? Yeah, but they're gonna. Ha- you're gonna have 16 amot then if you have 24 people and every three people take up two amot, right? Because then you're gonna have eight times two, right? It's gonna come out to. Now, because if you divide 24 by three, and then you multiply by two, it's gonna be 60, right? So it's work out. But now anan But now you're going too low, because we just said that the circle has to be just under 17 amot, not 16 amot. Right? So it says, Lodak, it's not exact. So it's Amor, Damian, Lodak, Lechumra. You could say that when you're being stringent, but Lekulam, Yamrinan, how could you go less? How could you go less than the requirement? So it says, how could you say, Lodak, in that case? We can't say that. Let's go back to the original premise that a person takes up an Amma. And Rabbi Yochanan, Makom Gavrilo, Kachashiv. It, now it makes sense, meaning when Rabbi Yochanan was talking about 24 people on the, around the perimeter, they're not in the circle, they're outside the circle. In other words, there are 24 people going around, but, and they, each one takes up an amah, but you have to actually subtract an amah from each side because the people themselves, it's the circle within the 24 people that counts. So actually, it's not going to be, you're going to reduce it by those two amot on the side. And then what's going to happen then? So since you reduce it, so what's going to be? So you're going to, really it's going to come down to 18 instead of being, so it's going to end up being, in other words, what will fit in the circle will be 18 around because you're reducing from each side, right? From every point of the circle, you're coming in an amah because you're not including that person. Right? You're not including that person. So you're going to end up taking away an ama within the entire circle, right? Because you're moving in one, and it's going to end up being 18 then. So then, but again, shouldn't it be really 17 minus, a, minus one fifth? Nope. It says, there, the stringency worked. In other words, we're going to round up and say, you need actually. 18, right? Because what's gonna, because since you, you create basically a, it's not a, um, it's gonna end up being a six by six, Rashi says, um, the, the, uh, the, the diameter will end up being six across, right? Because when we said 24, so that, according to the rabbis, means an eight, eight uh, amad diameter. 24 people around, 24 amot circumference would be an eight amad diameter. But if you're saying that really what you're dealing with is a six amad diameter, because you're only dealing with the space in between the people, so then it's going to come out to an 18 amad diameter, okay? And that will be, that's lodak, it's not exact, because really it's a little bit less than 17 that you would need, but that's that type of chumrah we can do. We can deal with, we'll say we're going by chai. We're rounding up to chai, and that will work. And therefore, if you need, so in other words, eight, 24 people in a circle, the circle within them is the size, not including them, not including them. Right? That, that is the size of the sukkah that would be um, four by four amot, if it's a circle. Now, um, now, here's an interesting thing that nobody has a satisfactory exam, uh, explanation of. Rabbanan de kesarei, v'amrele de yadnei de kesarei. 
that the rabbis of, of Caesarea, and some people say it was the judge of Caesarea, Amra, if you have a circle inscribed in a square, riv'ah. So like we said before, that, um, that, it's a, a, that it's one quarter more. Right when you when you make a uh, when you make a circle in there, so the difference is a is a uh, is a quarter. Like we said that before. But palga. But when you make a square around the igul around the circle, then you have to increase by fifty percent. Rashi says, "Kishatam rabbe betoch igul atam motzim imenu chatzishur anisharabod." I know tiltad dekulei, meaning fifty. 50% meaning a third of the final amount, meaning to say, if you had a square that the, that the area was 16, because it was 4 by 4, it needs to be a 50% more than that. It's going to be 24 uh, amot of a circle to fit the square that's 16 amot uh, inside. Meaning if you have a 16 amot, if it, right, if it's, if it's a, a 4 by 4 square, meaning 16 square amot, it's going to need a 24, but that's totally wrong. Ge- geometrically, it's totally wrong. The Gemara says, it's not true. Velohi, We all see that that's not true, that you don't need that much. It's not that much of a difference. Right? So it, it, you don't need to, have, to add that much. You really only need to add, um, uh, you know, um, uh, we, we said before, in order to fit the circle in, you would need uh, a little bit less than 17 amot, definitely not 24 amot to fit the square of four by four inside, so therefore they didn't accept it. Of course, the big question everyone asks is, how could they not know math that they thought that, that you know, yeah, yeah. If you, right, so if you look at the Tosafot, they have all these other diagrams here that they try to explain how, what case they might have been talking about where they came up with that kind of a mathematical relationship that doesn't make any sense to us. Um, but one interpretation that people take is, instead of doing like acrobatics to try to explain the geometry, it's just that they use that as their rule of thumb just to err on the side of caution. They just uh, made it very large. But technically, you don't really need that. Okay. I don't. I don't like to get into controversial topics. Okay. Now, now it's Amar Rabbi Levi, Mishum Rabbi Meir. Shtei Sukot Shel Yotzim Zolufim Mizo. If you have two Sukot, one inside the other. Now, the inner one was the actual home of the. Yeah. They, they're, they're not disputing that. If you reach this number, whether it's 24 or 18, and it's a large circle of this size, as long as a square sukkah of whatever the dimensions are would fit inside. Right. That's all. But if it's a round one, they're giving it... They're saying round is okay. They're saying round is okay. The thing is, we don't say that a sukkah has to be four by four amot anyway. We say that a sukkah has to only be seven tzvachim by seven tzvachim. So if we had a circle around that, would be much smaller than a four by four amot, obviously. So, so a circle will be allowed. A circle is allowed. Yeah, yeah, we allow it. Yeah. Now, the Yotzrim is talking about pottery, people that work with pottery. You know what they used to have was they would have a, a home. They would have like a place they lived. And then an outer chamber where they did their work, like their, you know, their uh, shop, basically, outside. Right? Yeah, Yotzrim. Now, and that comes from a, from a nevuah, but it's, it's from the Navi. The inner chamber, which is really his actual home and residence for most of the year, it can't be a sukkah ever. Rashi says it can't be a sukkah because even if he took off the roof and he made it into schach, or even if it was schach all year round, maybe it was made of a kind of a material that would be good for a sukkah all year round. Since he lives in it normally, he can't just be like, oh yeah, 
yeah, this is my sukkah because he's not changing anything. Right? It has to be nikar, it has to be, it has to be a change. Imagine a person lives in a sukkah all year round. That just they, they live in 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 African desert. I don't know. They don't need any. They have a straw roof. All the it it, it doesn't count. So it says, but it would require a mezuzah because it's his permanent residence. The outer part where he does work. If he wanted to transform that into a sukkah and say, you know what, for sukkot, I'm living in my workshop. Uh-huh. Right? So at least he's changing something. Rashi says that that is, it's, it's really, it sounds like they say that, that's a, that Rashi's implying it's a rabbinic thing. You know, it, has to be, it has to be obvious that he's changing somehow to make it a sukkah. Okay? Some say, no, it's a deoraita, that you can't actually use what is your bayit to be your sukkah because then there's no mitzvah we're doing. No, but he cha- right. I mean, but that's the, he changed, that wasn't the place where he normally slept because he went in the, he went in like the dining room or something like that. It was a change. It was a change. And he changed the roof also. It was, right, it wasn't the same roof all year round. He changed something. Oh, yeah. man, if we take the roof here in retractable, how you said move yeah. You could, but that would be very hard to do that, but you could try. It would, of course, people do it all the time. There has to be, all the other laws have to be kept, but yeah. Yeah, but it's possible. Okay. Um, anyway, the outer chamber, since it's not for, it's not, it's only to go in and out and for a shopkeeper to come in and customers to come in, it's not really a place where any living activities are done. So therefore, the outer chamber doesn't require a mezuzah either. Nowadays, our offices and our things like that, we eat, we drink, we sleep in them, we do all kinds of things, especially synagogue where people sleep during the rabbi's speech. So you have to have a mezuzah. But other places, no. Right, so now, yeah. yeah. Why is the outer chamber not require a mezuzah? It should be like the entranceway to the house. It should require a mezuzah. Because it isn't fixed. In other words, it says that um, since the uh, the inner house, it says, Even the inner house is not, con- it's not considered to be such a chashuv, uh, home that it would have like an, a chamber entry chamber into it you know so therefore that outer chamber doesn't require mezuzah but the main point that they're saying is that it can't be a sukkah something that you live in all year round doesn't require a sukkah doesn't it can't be your mezuzah it can't be your sukkah rather tanuga banan now ganbach okay what is ganbach sukkat goyim and it really should say sukkat ganbach sukkat ganbach right sukkat goyim and non-jews make a sukkah sukkat nashim Okay, women make sukkah. Sukkah beima, sukkah made for animals to go under. Sukkah kutim, these are another type of non-Jews, right? Sukkah mikol makom kilchata. It doesn't matter why a person made a sukkah, even if a Gentile made a sukkah and it happened to conform to the laws of sukkah, okay, it's, it's kasher. It doesn't have to be made with any intention. It's kasher. It's called sukkah ganbach. doesn't matter, right? Mai kilchata, marav chisa, Right, as long as long as it's made for shade. In other words, it just has to be that the reason why they put the roof on it was for shade. It doesn't matter that they they didn't have to do it for a mitzvah. As long if it's for Rashi says for tzniut, just for privacy, that doesn't count. But if they made it for shade, it's made for shade. So that's considered a sukkah. It doesn't matter who made it and why they made it. Now the Gemara says sukkah mik- women made it. They're not obligated because they're not obligated. Right, or it was made for them. It doesn't have to be that they made it themselves. It means it was made for women, so it wasn't made for the shame mitzvah because they're not obligated. Right, it doesn't necessarily mean that they made it, but it means it's for them. Now, it says, let's, what does it mean? Sukkah mikol makom latuim. Sukkah ravkash. Ravkash is another acronym, or rakbash rather, is another one. Sukkah rakbash. 
Sukkot Ro'im, that's a sukkah where the shepherds sit. Sukkot Kaitzim. Kaitzim are people who watch the fruit drying. Very exciting job. Sukkot Borganin, these are people who are watching, keeping watch for the city. Sukkot Shumre Perot, people who are watching the fields, right? Right. Borganin, people who are watching the city. Sukkot Mikol Makom Kshera. So all of these cases also, even though the sukkah is serving a different purpose, it's not serving a mitzvah, it's serving shepherds, it's serving watchmen of different kinds, it's still kasher, as long as the schach is kosher. So it says, what does that mean? As long as it's made for shade. Now, why does it say any kind of sukkah? So very interesting. In other words, it says, what, did Miko, what is any sukkah? When it talked about sukkah ganbach, that list, it said any sukkah. What is that talking about? The, the other group, right? The rakbash. So then it says, why, is it, why at the end of rakbash it says any sukkah? Oh, to talk about the ganbach. So they're talking about each other. Why? Right, cross references. So what's the thing? Why would you do that? Hi, Tana de ganbach, alima le ganbach, mishum de kvi'e. The one who said Ganbach, said Ganbach is superior to Rakbash. Why? Because Ganbach, even though the sukkah was made by Gentiles, or it was made for women, or it was made for... Uh, at least it stays there. It's a long-term type of thing. It's not a transitory, right? But you might have thought, But when it comes to the sukkah of the watchman, or the sukkah of the shepherd, he's moving around all the time. So maybe you'll think that wouldn't count as the sukkah because it's always moved around. It says, nope, it's good. Really? And, and the one who taught rakabash would say, my case of rakabash, those sukkot are more, it's more likely that they would be considered a sukkah because they're made by Jews, by people who have an obligation. It doesn't matter that their job is that they're a shepherd. It doesn't matter that their job is that they watch fruit. It doesn't matter what the job is. They're a Jew that made a sukkah, so it's going to be more likely to be good. But, but then vitana mikol makom latuye ganbach. That's why he has to emphasize any kind of sukkah is good to include ganbach. Because the ganbach are cases of Gentile, of woman, of a, of a, for a behemah, for any kind of use where those, the people in the sukkah or the beings in the sukkah, in the case of the animals, are not obligated in the mitzvah. So you might think that if they're not obligated in the mitzvah, maybe it wouldn't count. So the point is that it doesn't matter who made it, and it doesn't even matter that, that it's a temporary uh, setup uh, in, in theory. You, you found a hut that was made by some shepherd, they abandoned it, and they left it out there because their job is done. They left the hut out there, it's, it, it fulfills all the parameters of sukkah, so, so it's no problem. That's all the say. Sukkah ganbach, sukkah is good. The only thing that we say is that now they say that, uh, you know, that they try, like technically speaking, if let's say the non-Jews, they put up the sukkah for the, oh, a lot of times, right? So a lot of times they say you should go and do it yourself so that you fulfilled the mitzvah, just, to, you know, to be stringent, you fulfill the mitzvah. But technically speaking, for sure it's good. The Gemara says clearly it's good um, in all those cases. Okay.